I want to let you know that we're beginning this new series. Every summer we have a series entitled Summer at New Birth. And for the past, I would say, three years, four years now, or three years, we've had to change it from Summer at New Birth to Summer at because uh, for the past three years, other churches have joined us in, um, in this series. And to God be the glory, this summer we have 19 churches that are preaching the exact same sermons that we're going to be preaching the next seven weeks. Churches came together from Illinois, Lakeland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Tampa, literally Aruba. Amen. They've, they've all joined to be with us. And right now, 19 churches are coming together declaring that we're going to go higher to the glory of the Father. And I don't know if you get excited about that, but I'm excited to know that the church is coming together. We're coming together in Jesus' name. And so today is the beginning of a new series. And uh, as I was reading, uh, uh, preparing this sermon, uh, the verse that kept highlighting in my heart uh, was in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And there's a second part of that verse where John receives instructions from above. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, second part, it says, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And so God, like he did to John in the book of Revelation chapter 4, I believe God is going to challenge us this entire summer to go up, to go up to the summit, to go up to the apex. And so there, there are some things that God wants to show us, and this is the reason why I believe he's calling us to, to go up. Now let me tell you something, climbing a mountain is no easy task. Climbing a mountain and climbing a hill and climbing a, a, a steep mountain comes with pain, with ache. You might slip. You might stumble. You might get hurt. You might get fatigued. You're, you're going to experience that you're going to utilize some muscles in your body perhaps you've never used before. And so this series for the next seven Sundays is designed to stretch us, is designed to grow us. Is, is designed for us to use some spiritual muscles that we haven't used or perhaps we haven't, we've never used before. And I believe that God is going to challenge us every single Sunday of this entire summer of summer at new birth. And so we're going to talk about, the Bible mentions seven mountains in the Bible. And every Sunday, we're going to talk about one of those seven mountains. So for the next seven weeks, we're going to be walking upward. For the next seven weeks, we're going to be going upward towards God's purpose for our lives. And we will be ascending these seven mountains. And each climb will transition us, listen to me, towards what God has in store for you and for me. So the question is, are you ready for the climb? If you're ready for the climb, say amen. So I want to encourage you, don't miss a Sunday. Don't miss a Sunday. Because I promise you, you will be challenged this entire summer. And the other thing I want to challenge you is, don't come alone. Don't come alone. Pastor, I, I can't invite a friend because, you know, uh, with this, whole, this whole virus thing, ain't nobody going to come to church. Well, invite them online. Invite them online. We're going to be transmitting our services at 12 p.m. in English. So if somebody you know, they can't come, they're afraid, the whole COVID thing. So let them know there's a service online at 12 o'clock p.m. today and every other Sunday at 12 that they can tune in. But the idea is that we take advantage of this series to win somebody for Jesus. Let's grow the church. Listen, let's grow the church this summer. 
regardless of COVID. Listen, I'm, I believe I believe that the church is not subject to infirmities. The church is not subject to calamity. The church is not subject to the economy. Regardless of what's happening in the world, the church ought to march forward in power, vigor, and authority to the glory of God. So I want to I want to challenge you that throughout the summer we will grow as a church. Throughout the summer, we will grow in Jesus' name. And so today, the first mountain I want to talk about that I want you to come up with me is the mountain in the Bible called Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. For that, I want you to go with me to the book of Exodus chapter number 19. And we're going to read the first six verses of Exodus 19. And it says, in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit, it says, in the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God. And the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel let me give you context this is the first mountain that the people of Israel experienced after bondage. When you read Exodus chapter 2, chapter 1, chapter 2, you're going to realize that the people of Israel, God's nation, the Jewish nation, the Hebrew nation, they were slaves for 400 years. I want you to think slaves. Unable to do whatever they want forced to do whatever was told to them to do. And after 400 years, God sends Moses to deliver the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. Shortly after that, we all know the story. Pharaoh didn't want to let them go, so God gave 10 plagues. And at the 10th plague, which was the death of the firstborn son, when Pharaoh saw that his son was dying and dead, he said, let the people go. And then while they were on their way to freedom, Pharaoh came behind him to try to kill them. And God miraculously opened the Red Sea. And the people crossed on dry land. And they made it over, crossing over the Red Sea. Upon crossing the Red Sea, the first mountain they find is Mount Sinai. Now notice, they crossed the Red Sea. But God did not invite the people to go to Mount Sinai. Who God invited to go to Mount Sinai was Moses. Not the people. Now why is that? Is, is, does God have preference? No, let me explain. 
the first 40 years of Moses, Moses was born, raised, well, he was born in slavery. He was discovered by Pharaoh's sister in the Nile River. She brings him into the house. She adopts him as, his, as if it were her own. And she, he begins to grow up in royalty to the point that he could have been the next Pharaoh of Egypt. He learned mathematics, science, education, calculus. I mean, this guy was, for 40 years, he was formed in Egypt. And then the Bible says that he murdered an Egyptian because the Egyptian was abusing one of his uh, Jewish uh, citizens. And he got so outraged that he killed the soldier. And then he ran from Egypt because from Egypt Pharaoh was out to kill him. And for the next 40 years, he goes to one of the mountains in Midian. And there he meets God and he has the encounter in Exodus chapter 2. Take off the sandals of your feet for you're standing on holy ground. And for the next 40 years, God is working with Moses. The next 40 years, God is changing Moses. So now 40 years, he was 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the mountain. Now at the age of 80 years old, he comes back to Egypt, lets God's people go. And now God says, Moses, Moses, just like I did you for those past 40 years, I taught you, I showed you, I've instructed you, I've led you, I've ministered to you. Now, I want to take the people of Israel to an apex of power. But before I do that, I need to give them instructions. So they can't come up to Mount Sinai until they know how to deal with me. Listen to me. So why did God take the people of Israel to Mount Sinai? First of all, in Mount Sinai, the Bible says that the Shekinah glory of God was there. That the power of God was there. That there was rumbling and trembling and lightning and thunder. The power and the glory of God was there. But the people couldn't go up there. The only one that went up there was Moses. And now why did God take the people up there if they couldn't go up the mountain? He took them there to give them what we call Exodus chapter 19 and 20. Well, chapter 20, he, he, he took them up there to give them 10 commandments. Now, understand this. Some of us, when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, you know, 10 commandments don't apply today because 10 commandments, that was for the Old Testament. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. Every theology in the New Testament, every theology in the New Testament cannot do itself outside of the Old Testament. Let, let me blow your head real quick. Paul said in 1 Timothy that all the scriptures inspired by God. Remember that verse? Right? And it's profitable for teaching, instruction, right? All scriptures inspired by God, right? Somebody say all scripture. Understand that when Paul is writing all scripture, he's not talking about the New Testament because the New Testament wasn't written yet. So when Paul is saying all scriptures inspired, he's not making reference to the New Testament that hadn't been written. He's making reference to the Old Testament. And sometimes when we look at the Bible, we say, oh, the Old Testament, that's, that, that's over with because Jesus fulfilled the law and now we live in the grace. Yeah, but Jesus fulfilled the law. So if Jesus fulfilled the law, guess what? I got to fulfill God's word in my life as well. Hello? So, so, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. God is telling Moses, Moses. I want to take my people up to the mountain of Sinai, but before I do that, I got to give them 10 commandments. 
Now understand, for 400 years, they had no say. For 400 years, they did what was told to them to do. For 400 years, all they did was work and work and work and build pyramids and work and work and work and work. And, 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 and that's all they did for 400 years. They were conditioned to be slaves. They were conditioned to be beaten by taskmasters. They were conditioned to see themselves below human dignity. So God is saying, where I want to take you, I got to give you rules. Because now imagine, after 400 years, God sets them free. They don't know how to live free because all they know is bondage. They don't know how to live delivered. All they know is slavery. So God says, before I take them to Mount Sinai, I need to give these guys 10 commandments which are necessary for the Jewish nation so that they can learn law and government. Because when you're a slave, you don't operate by law and government. You operate by obligation. They had no say for 400 years. They were forced to work for others. They couldn't live under, in their own volition. God now gives the Jewish nation 10 legislative rules to show them how to live. And this is why church, as a Christian, the book you have in your iPad and the book you carry in your armpit, that is God's legislation for you to know how to live your Christian walk. says, listen, I want to take my people to the promised land, but I first got to give them laws. I got to give them government. Now, the law and the government God is giving the Israel nation is not for them to enjoy it in the wilderness. The law, let me get there real quick. God gave them ten commandments. Now, check this out. The ten commandments are broken down in three areas, in three parts. The first set of the Ten Commandments has to deal with your perspective of God. The second set of the Ten Commandments has to deal with your perspective of yourself. And the third set of the Ten Commandments has to deal with your perspective in treating others. What God is doing. So, point number one, Mount Sinai is designed to draw you closer to God. So, God says, Here, here's what I want the people to know, Moses. I want them to know that in this mountain, my, my, my goal is that they can come and be closer to me. So, here are the rules for that. Number one, first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Understand, working in Egypt for Pharaoh, you had the god Dagon, you had the god Eglon, you had the god Sun, you had the god Moon, you had the god the blood, you had the god the earth. They had a whole bunch of gods. So now, although they weren't worshiping them, they were surrounded in an environment of pagan idol worship. So now God is saying, where I want to take you, you got to do away with Eglon, you got to do away with Dagon, you got to do away with all these gods. Because if you want to go where I want to take you, there is no other God before me. Listen to me. Second rule is, or second command, he tells them, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything, because that's what the Egyptians used to do. In heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. 
He's saying, this is how. If you want to go up, this is how you got to work with me. This is my requirements for me to take you higher. No other gods, no other. Let me ask you a question. What God have we built to replace the true God we ought to worship? Because let me tell you, let me tell you something. Some of us, we might not have any, any literal images in our homes. But let me tell you, whatever you bow down to, that's your God. Whatever takes, listen, whatever consumes your mind becomes your God. Whatever consumes you becomes your worship. And God is telling the people of Israel, because back in the days, back in the days, these guys, they were consumed by Egyptian authority. They were consumed by Egyptian oppression. So their God was Pharaoh. Their God was Egypt. Their God was the gods of the pagan world. But now God is saying, you can't bring that stuff over here because I'm going to give you a land that flows milk and honey. I'm going to give you the land that the grapes are this size big. I'm going to give you so much more. But in order to get there, the first thing you and I got to get right is if it's not because you don't give me the worship I won't give you the promise so here's the deal you cannot make any other God I want no substitute no gods no images and then he says commandment number three you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. What is God telling us? Don't abuse me. Don't take me for granted. Don't worship me on Sunday and live a crazy life Monday through Saturday. Because people think, oh no, I can't do blasphemy. Blasphemy is more than just using God's name in vain. When you live a, a life that, like that, you're living a blasphemous life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we got, we're going to go up the mountain today. It's going to get hard. But when we get there, it's going to be worth it. First set of rules is how you treat me. The first set of rules in Mount Sinai, it was designed how you work and approach God. The second point is Mount Sinai is designed to work on yourself. Next commandment, commandment number four, he tells them, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. What is God telling Adam? I mean, what is God telling Moses to tell the people? Just like God in Genesis, on the seventh day he rested after making man, he is telling us we need to remember. We need the Sabbath meant the day of rest. This, now understand, the people of Israel, well, they were enslaved, slaves for Egypt for 400 years. They had no Sabbath. They had to work every day of the week, seven days a week, 365 days a year. They had no break. They had no pension, no 401k. They had no, 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 no bereavement day. They had to work every day. And God is telling them, not only do I need you to focus on your walk with me, I need you to care for yourself. Now, why did God say keep the Sabbath? Here's why. If you go to Israel today, or anywhere, you can go to any synagogue in the world. Synagogues on Sabbath are filled with Jewish people. Orthodox Jews, Jews. Because keeping the Sabbath, when I went to Israel, the last, well, I went last year. On Sabbath, you, they, the Jewish people can't do nothing. They can't, anything they do is considered work. To the point that when I went, in the, when I went on, when I was in the hotel, Right on Saturday, there are like hotel, there are elevators that are for tourists and whatnot, but then there are specific elevators that are just designed for 
the Jews. Because when you go on that elevator on Saturday, every Saturday, the elevator, when it stops, it stops in every floor. Because a Jew on a Saturday cannot even press a button on the elevator because that's considered work. So he can't even touch a button. So you have to, if you're a Jew you, and you're going to the 22nd floor, you have to wait floor by floor, floor by floor. Because you can't even work a single thing. You couldn't do anything. Now the only thing Jews could do on a Sabbath, you know what it is? Them with their spouses and their children, they will come to the synagogue and they will read the Torah and they will sing the Psalms and they will worship God. What is God saying? He's saying, when you come to Mount Sinai, I want you to focus on making me a priority. Number two, I want you to focus on strengthening strengthening your spiritual walk with me. I want you to take care of yourself, not the physical body only. I want you to take care of the spiritual man. And as you worship me and you get together with me and you seek my face and you live a life of integrity, you will be able to escalate and go up the Mount of Sinai to experience everything God has in store for you. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you did your Sabbath? When was the last time you read your Bible? When was the last time you prayed? And I'm not talking about, you know, Father, bless the food in Jesus' name, amen. That's not, that don't count. And now I lay me down to sleep. Praise the Lord, my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, praise the Lord. No, 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 no. How many times, when was the last time you prayed to God? When was the last time you took that Bible? And you said, Lord, I want you to speak to me today. I'm going to take a Sabbath is taking a time away from work and focusing in on God. When was the last time you applied the Sabbath? Today, for the next two hours, I want to sanctify this moment so that I can come closer to God by his word and by his spirit so that I can grow. Sinai is the place where you make time for God. Sinai is designed to work on yourself. So he tells you, remember the Sabbath. Take time away and seek me in your rest. Some of us, we put so many excuses because of work, because of our goals, because of all these things. So many excuses. But now in a practical form, you need time for you, y'all. You need time for rest. You need time to spend quality time with your family. It's living a balanced life. It's living a cohesive life with God, a cohesive life with your neighbor, a cohesive life with your friend. It's a balanced life, church. The Bible says that Jesus grew in stature. That means he was healthy. He grew in wisdom. That means he was learning. And he grew in he grew in the word it's a balanced life so I gotta focus Mount Sinai will lead me to work on me and lastly third point is Mount Sinai is designed to treat others in a godly way this is why the order that God gives is I'm first no God before me second in the order is take care of yourself you be right because look what the Bible says look what the Bible says the Bible says, look, look, look at the commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live a long life in the land your Lord God has given you. So now, based on how I treat me, I have to treat everybody else, starting with my mama. Come on, somebody. Starting with my dad. Don't be disrespecting your mom and your dad. But my 
that, that, that's a family sermon. I'll do that sometime in May or something next year. Listen to this. Honor your father and your mother. Honor authority. Honor your superiors. Honor those over you so that you may live a long life in the land. What land? The land that's coming when you cross over the Jordan River. The land that's coming. So all of these covenant promises has nothing to do with the wilderness. All these Ten Commandments has everything to do when you get to the promised land. He says, honor your your mother and your father. Dealing with others. Sixth commandment. You shall not murder. Isn't it interesting that God says you shall not kill? And then when you read Joshua, God says kill them all. Isn't that interesting? kill them. And they kill the, 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 the Midianites and they kill the Amalekites and they kill the Philistines and they kill the Hebizites and they kill the Hittites and they're killing. But wait a minute but you just said in the commandment you shall not kill. So how are you going to tell me don't kill in the desert but then you're telling me to kill in the land? Well because thou shalt not kill and this commandment is not the killing in a battle. When, people, when nations go to war and one country is fighting another country, they're going to war because of a cause. Right? And so they have rules of engagement in battle when going to war. When someone dies in a war, it's not considered murder. Not considered murder. Because you're dying for a cause. You're dying for your country. You're fighting for a cause. So, it's, so the rules of engagement in battle, when someone dies, is not considered murder. But when the Bible says you shall not kill, the word kill is you shall not commit homicide. What does that mean? I am not going to kill my neighbor. I am not going to murder my neighbor. Not only physically murder them, I'm not going to murder them with my tongue. I'm not going to murder them with my attitude. I'm not going to murder them with my disposition. I will live my life to bring life to those around me, and I will not murder no one with my mouth. So he says, don't commit murder. Next commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Which told me, if, if God gave that commandment, that's, it was going crazy out there. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Then he says, you shall not steal. You shall not give false witness, false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant. Look at this, not even his donkey. Oh, I wish I had that donkey. Don't, no, forget about that donkey. Get your own donkey. Or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. It is. God says, these are the 10 rules I'm going to give you. Because up until this point, you've been living the way Egypt has told you to live. Up until this point, you have no structure, you have no leadership, you have nothing. You just, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes. And that's what the, the when, when, when we came to Jesus, we did everything the devil told us to do. We lived how the devil told us to live. He beat us up and down, and yes, yes, whatever you want, Mr. Devil. But now that I come to Jesus, Jesus is going to give me a set of rules and a new legislature that now I will live life based on the word of God and not based on the affliction and the oppression of sin. That's why you need to go go higher but to go higher you need to go higher with the word of God in your hand and letting go Egypt from the other hand and escalate towards the purpose whereby God has for you can I get a good amen so complying with these commandments will position the Israelites church for God to take them higher and so God like he did Israel 
God has brought us out of our Egypt. Whatever Egypt your, your Egypt is. Whatever it is. I don't know what your Egypt is. I know what mine was. God took me out of my Egypt. And now we are all on our way to the promised land. So the question is, are we living out God's requirements for us? Or are we using our past as an excuse to not want to change? Are we drawing closer to God once God opened the Red Sea? Because God didn't bring us out of bondage and slavery for us to live a lukewarm life. He, he, he is bringing us this far to take us closer to him. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds? Are we, and, then, and, then if the, and then if the answer is yes, then are we treating others? This is why, this is why the order is... Worship me. I got to be number one. Then the second in the order is you take care of yourself. Because the Bible says you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you don't love you, I know you ain't going to love me. If you have low self-esteem about you, you I know you're going to have high self-esteem about me. So, so, so the first thing, the second thing you got to do is you got to get yourself together. You got to love yourself. You got to believe in yourself. You got to understand that God has a plan for you so that when you see God unfold a plan in your neighbor, you're not trying to kill your neighbor for the plan God has in store for them. Why would I want to kill you for God's plan over your life when I know God's got a plan for my life? I'm going to celebrate your plan and I'm going to wait for mine. When mine comes, I will give God glory. Are we drawing closer to God? Are we treating others in a godly way? Because if we are not doing that, church, we cannot move forward toward the next mountain God wants to take us. If we're not doing this, we will not excel towards the summit of God's plan for our lives. So today the Lord is challenging us to go higher. Sinai is a place where I learn how to approach God. It's the place where I learn how to work with me. And it's the place where I learn how to work with my neighbor. When we get that right, you know what's going to happen next Sunday? We're going to talk about Mount Nebo. And Mount Nebo represents, listen to me, Mount Nebo represents the mountain of transformation. Because when God is in his place, when you are in your place, and you treat others accordingly, you're going to experience bigger, greater, and stronger things. Close your eyes. I want to pray. Father God, you charge us today to go higher. And today we say amen. Help us, Lord, to go higher in our walk with you. Help us to go higher in our personal development with ourselves, God. And help us, Lord, to go higher in the way we treat our neighbors, God. Help us to understand that your desire for us is that we may enjoy Mount Sinai and see your promise, your power, and your glory. Would you do that, God? In your name we pray. And everybody says.